Welcome back, everyone. We're super excited to be with you again. This is More Than Numbers, Enneagram for Entrepreneurs. I am your co-host, Lamar Bratton, along with the Enneagram coach for professionals, Keanu Trujillo. Welcome back, everybody. Excited to jump into another episode with you. Last time we went over the last five types, types one through five, in which we had a good conversation around what's the best way to communicate with them. And so today we're going to go over types six through nine, in which we're really, really excited. If you guys haven't listened to that first part, make sure you go back, take a listen to it because it was really good information. You're going to love this this part too. Before we get into all of that, Keanu, please tell the listeners, how do we get in touch with you? How do we get more Enneagram? Absolutely. You can engage with me on all platforms, all Keanu underscore Trujillo. But we have something exciting this week, Lamar. Our website is back and better than ever. Uh, we had our website completely redone. So go ahead and visit us there, www.truestrategy.info. And you can subscribe to our email list where we're going to be sending out blogs and content uh, continually to help support you on your journey of building and growing your business. But also you can find uh, some new and exciting things that are going on there. So be sure to visit our new updated, upgraded, bigger, faster, stronger website. Yeah. Sounds like the website on steroids. I like oh, it, man. It's, it's amazing. Cool, man. Uh, so it's time for us to get into it. We don't really need much of an introduction. We've done types one through five. So let's start off with type six. Let's get after it. Yeah, it was, it was really great going through types one through five. So as Lamar said, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. Uh, but we're back this week with type six through type nine. You know, it's interesting, Lamar. I just got off of a phone call, a uh, coaching call with the type six. Oh, so wow. this was uh, this was timely. I was excited to roll into <laughs> the information here. Uh, Lamar, your wife is a type six. Your yep. associate is a type six and one yep. of your uh, mentees that you lead is a type six. So Surrounded how about you tell him. me about, yeah, absolutely. How about you tell me about your experience uh, with the type six and maybe some things that uh, oh. we can identify them flipping the script on them. You're, the You're going to let me do it. All right. I'm not the, I'm not the specialist. I'm not certified in this, but let me, I'll take my best go at it. So from my experience, although I am not the certified coach, this is just by experience and a little bit of knowledge that you've given me. The type six is the loyalist or the guardian. And what uh, some of their strengths are, are exactly in their title, is the loyalty. So once they're committed to you, you know that you've got them forever. Now, on yeah. the flip yeah. side of things, their core fear, from what I understand, is literally fear itself. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is an interesting thing to, to think about. But what that means is that they're constantly thinking about the worst case scenario. They're constantly finding something that worries them. And then within that, there's, there's two different ways that a type six can react. You have the, the, the type sixes that will completely freeze in their fear. And then you have type sixes in which they go straight after headlong into doing something that's going to prevent that fear from happening. Right. Rational or not, they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that whatever's going in their mind doesn't happen. Whereas on the other hand, they freeze. Right. So some of my own experiences have been anxiety is also something that they really struggle with. So they have these anxious thoughts about what can and what can't and what can happen. So that's like my general thought process of, of how a type six thinks and acts. But Keanu, if, if I'm sitting down in front of a type six, 
And there's a product that I'm um, trying to help them understand the value of. What are some things that we need to be saying to them? Yeah, I'd love to elaborate on that. First, Lamar, you did great on introducing and identifying the type six. Of course, because you're surrounded by them. But also, I wanted to show the people how uh, my work through you has helped you to identify and work with other types. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I thought that that was just interesting to share with them how it doesn't just stop at their type. It has to translate into our communication and our service and understanding of others. So great job. Right. Um, Right. The ways to identify the type six is in their fear or their worst case scenario thinking. Um, This is okay. It's, but it is a tendency of all of ours to almost debunk their worst case scenarios. I I know, especially for me as a type eight, I don't want to sit in worst case scenarios because my thought is let's do something. And if it works (laughs) out, that's great. If it doesn't, let's do something else. Right. Um, Right. Typically the way the type six thinks their core desire is having security guidance and support. Okay. So your role needs to be in ensuring that security guidance and support in working with you. So don't try to debunk Mm. their fears or to debunk their worst case scenarios, because that's not going to make them feel the security and guidance and support they need uh, emphasis on guidance. They want to be connected with that. You understand their fears and you're going to work to helping them not only overcome them, but solve for them. There was something that you really said in, in regards to that to me in the past, it was, when they're in that fear of something can go wrong, it's affirming that and saying, yes, that is a possibility, but I'm going to be here with you to walk you through those types of situations. When I remember you did a coaching session with me, my wife, and you said that it was like music to her ears. And like, (laughs) that was like the perfect thing that I, that was the perfect tool (laughs) for my wife. No, absolutely. Because if you can't solve for that security, you can, you can definitely be a person that gives guidance. And yeah. when they know that you're along for the ride and you're going to be with them in guidance, then that yeah. will bring security because we yeah. can't say, uh, you know, if you're working with someone, let's say you're a car salesman, right. the last thing you want to do is say, oh, that's, that's ir- irrational. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you right. why your fear is irrational because mm. to them, that's going to shut them down. You don't understand them right? You're not trying to help to support them. So with the type six, you want to show them that, Hey, I'm going to be with you in it. As you mentioned, uh, with the coaching session with you and your wife, and I can't tell you what's going to happen, but I can tell you I'll be there. I can't tell you that everything will go according to plan because that's life. But I can tell you that you're working with a professional and I'm going to be there if things do go south. So that's, those are some ways that you can connect with the type six and identify a type six, a lot of worst case scenarios operating from a place of fear, which, uh, you know, which goes, to a question that you can ask all of your clients that you're working with uh, for all the professionals out there, you know, what's driving you? What's Mm -hmm. driving you? What's driving these motivations? So uh, asking all of the whys, as we mentioned in the last episode, but also asking, hey, where are you operating from? Because one, that will make them identify it if they don't know already, which most people don't, um, but it's also going to help you to better serve them. So that's a bit about the type six. Yeah, type six. I love it. All right, on to type seven. What do you got for me? Type seven is the life of the party. I get, I get equally excited talking about type seven as I do uh, talking about type eight. Uh, yeah. the type seven is the enthusiast or the entertainer. And okay. the type seven's core desire is to get the most out of life, to get the most out of, out of experiences and know that uh, they're not missing out because their fear mm. is missing out. FOMO is created for type sevens, right? Fear of missing out. Uh, they yeah. don't want to be limited. They don't want to be trapped. They don't want to be bored and they don't want to be in emotional pain. So this person is mm. going to be very upbeat, uh, very energetic, uh, yep. very bubbly. Uh, 
smiling all the time, excited. So yep. again, very easy to identify. Uh, yep. But the type seven uh, is, is very much so in their thoughts. So a type seven is interesting because they're trapped in logic. When okay. they healthy, they take on characteristics of the type five, which is the investigator, figuring out how can I uh, have enough knowledge so that way I can have fun and not miss out on the world, right? But okay. when they're unhealthy, they take on the unhealthy characteristics of the type one. You don't want so, to be an unhealthy me. I'll tell no, everybody absolutely. that right now. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not, because they're going to find themselves in a place of, of being very critical with themselves, um, being mm-hmm. very frustrated with themselves. And, mm-hmm. you know, so they're trapped again, though, in a logic. You say, you say trapped in logic. And what I think is, it, is that because five is built on logic, one is built on logic, and then seven is a logical person. So it's like there's everywhere that they go. It's just logical Absolutely. thought process. Okay. Yeah. Fa- facts you. over facts over feelings for all three at of all, those types. at all times. I know some type sevens in my life that, <laughs> that are really fun. Like they're, when they're fun, they're fun. But like whenever things are going South, it's just it, it, because they have a little bit of that lack of feeling that like, it's hard to like keep it from getting worse because it's like, I just want you to feel my pain for two seconds, please. Yeah. That's a good point to bring up with a type seven. When you're operating with some of these types one, five, and seven, don't ask them how they're feeling. Yeah. Because they're probably not feeling anything. Ask them what they <laughs> think. Ask them what ask them about the thought hey. process, right? They'll yeah. bring you into that. When you're working with a type seven, you want them to know that you're there to help them get the most out of life, not to limit them. Now wow. you might have a client that is telling you, I want to do this and this and X, Y, Z and all of these things. Let's imagine, mm-hmm. you know, in your profession, financial planning. So the thing that comes to mind is that if I'm an advisor and I'm a type six and I'm talking to a type seven, my natural thought process is to think about the worst case scenarios of their beautiful and joyful ideas. And if I were to bring that in a way that takes them into a point position of pain, they're not going to want to do business with me. Am I thinking in the right direction? Oh, 100%. And that's where we have to be mindful and understanding our types. You know, so when I work with uh, my clients, I help them to first understand the totality and the depth of their personality. Mm -hmm. Then we start to translate to understanding others. Because if you don't understand that about yourself, then you're going to Uh, inadvertently push people away because of some of your pitfalls or your blind spots. And that's a great one. As you mentioned, a type six working with a type seven, that type seven might feel very, very limited in what you can do for them. And honestly, they just want to have a good time in everything they do. That includes working with you. I think that goes for a few of the types. So I think we could probably do a whole podcast around like some types that would have tensions and some types that, that, that click. I think that'd be a, a, a pretty fun little map thing to, to do. Absolutely. I think we can do that in individual episodes. So you all be looking out. We're going to bring that to you for sure. Great yeah, idea. Lamar. So the type seven and identifying them, I gave you some ways to do that, uh, but also working with them, make them feel secure that you are going to be the guide to getting them to their dreams and their fun and their ideas, not yeah. being a lid to it. And so ensuring yeah. that even if it may seem like you are limiting their ideas, um, confirming that, hey, I want to get you there as fast as possible. And it may not look like uh, the way that you had imagined, but we're going to get there. And I'm here to do that with you uh, to get the most out of life. That's the seven's ultimate desire. Now, the type eight. <laughs> the type eight. You always get so excited because this is you. Um, yeah. But, I mean, who wouldn't? I get excited for all types because I love all of you out there, regardless of your type. But I love eights more. <laughs> how should I talk to you, Keanu, if I'm trying to sell you something? 
Well, you know what, Lamar? How do you identify a type eight? How do you? Oh my gosh, these are the most obvious ones. Like I don't. I think that type eights are like not hard to figure out. Like these are the types that just want to get it done. They want to get it done right away. As soon as they're on board with something, as soon as they believe in it, it's like boom, let's do it. How do we make it happen? So when I think of a type eight, it's whenever I say something good, they start saying things like, "Okay, what do we do next?" Or, or what, 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 where do we go from here? They're like already on the go. Like they don't care how to do it. It's just like, what do we need to do next? And like, let's, let's make it happen. Very strong willed when they, when you get into a conversation, like, you know, that they're confident in what they're saying and, and they're communicating and I can go on and on about you guys. Like, like it's, it's, I, I've got type eights figured out. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Lamar, tell us a story uh, without breaking uh, client confidentiality. Tell us a okay. story about when you got put on the spot by a type eight client and how you responded that given uh, the coaching that I had done with you. Oh yeah, for sure. So um, initially I'd say 98% of my business grows by word of mouth. So I was referred to someone by another client. Whenever I reach out on the phone for the first time, all I ever do is look to schedule like a quick 15 minute phone call, become acquainted, share with them what I do, learn a little bit more about them and then figure out if it's something that we should really collaborate on. Right. So I was calling to make that first introduction and say, hey, I'd like to schedule that phone call. And uh, he says to me, he's like, well, I'm on the road for seven hours. So you got seven hours to sell me, to sell me something. <laughs> and in my heart, I'm like, man, that's not the that's not protocol for me. I don't typically do stuff like this. <laughs> uh, but I do remember I was like, all right, give the man what he wants. <laughs> and so, uh, and so I, I ended up having this conversation. We, we only spent about 15, 20 minutes on the phone, uh, and we end up having the next conversation, but because I didn't a couple of things, you also gave me some of their advice that was really good and I can't wait till the next time to use it. But I think the reason why he set the meeting with me was because I didn't try to keep him stuck to a protocol, right? I know that like my initial process is to meet you for a quick chat you know, this is just a, here's my name. So-and-so said some great things about you. Let's connect for this quick chat. He wanted to know something right then and there. And if I were to try to say, no, like, let's save it for this next phone call. Let's schedule it out. That probably would have quickly turned it off because type eights, like trying to put them in a box and trying to put them in a process. That's not, that's not going to go very well at all. No, not at all. At all. To the point where I remember doing a recent conversation with you and your wife and simply because I asked some of the same questions that you already knew I had to ask or need to ask or are important for me to ask, because right. you already knew the questions, it felt ingenuine. And so anytime a type eight does not feel like the person across them is being genuine, then that can completely turn them off. That can make them not want to do business with you as right. well. Yeah, that, uh, so that type eight, a couple of things about that. You stood your ground. You didn't cower away. And you got to the point, right? Yep. And I told Lamar, when Lamar told me about this uh, client, I told him, you should have said, I don't need seven hours. I just need 15 minutes. I'll get <laughs> yeah, you Yeah, that was it. Right? That was it. So, I was like, know, dang, that would have been really good. I probably wouldn't have had to say anything else from there. He probably would have just set the meeting. Exactly. Because a type eight, you know, they want to know that, that you'll stand your ground. You'll go toe to toe with them. Uh, mm -hmm. They're like the gorilla beating their chest in the middle of the, you know, the mm -hmm. zoo saying, who's going to challenge me, right? Um, yep. But the thing is for most types, they'll see that as intimidating. And uh, uh, it's, it takes a lot of work for a type eight to become aware, to understand that to most other types, they are an intimidating force. But mm -hmm. when they are aware, 
they become a bulldozer clearing the path for everybody instead of wiping everybody out. So, uh, yeah. you know, that client situation is a perfect example because you stood your ground, you got to the point, you went toe to toe. And now I believe he uh, is a client. So, you know, it really showed and it created that relationship with them. Uh, the type eight is an imposing force. So you can feel their energy from a mile away before they enter the room and no you're doubt. going to know when they step into it. But some things about the type eight is in all of that bravado in or uh, <laughs> behind all of that uh, tough exterior, uh, they really are ultimately just looking for a connection and a relationship because yep. the type eights fear is being powerless, weak, left at the mercy of injustice, being vulnerable mm -hmm. or harmed. So they mm -hmm. just want to ensure that they're in a presence that won't betray them, that won't hurt them, that yep. won't lie to them. And that's yep. why being direct with the type eight, if you're working with a type eight, be direct. If they sense you have a hidden agenda, you might as well just put it all on the table because yep. if they sense that they're not going to work with you because they won't trust you. So when you're working with a type eight, they want to know that they can trust you. If you start to feel insecure, if you start to feel uh, like you need to almost hide something, then you might as yeah. well just put it all out on the table because they're going to respect that a lot more. So yep. that's why being direct goes a long way with the type eight, but also letting them know that you're not afraid that you're willing to go toe to toe with them because they yep. will test you. They will push you to see what they can get away with. Uh, but it's, it's all part of seeing if they can trust you and yep. knowing that you do have their best interest in mind. And so, you know, I, I, when I'm coaching people with dealing with type eights, I let them know they're going to push you on what, they want you to do. Now, yep. that doesn't mean completely uh, come against them because <laughs> they're going to feel like, well, you're supposed to be serving me, right? But right. stand your ground to say, for example, if you had someone come in Lamar and say, I want my financial plan to look just like this. This is how I plan for it. This is what I want it to look like. And you're going to do it. Stand mm -hmm. your ground to say, hey, that's great. I'm glad that you did that research, right? I'm glad that you want your home in this area and you want it to be this price and this is how much you have down and you have all these things in order. I'm going to do my absolute best to make that happen, but I'm going to need you to trust me as a professional because yeah. I am the professional here in this field and I want to do my best to serve you. So that's what I'm going to do. But the funny thing is, is that we, like, we, we, we think how, as our types, how we would react to someone telling us something like that. But the difference is, is that that's something that a type eight would come and say up front, right? right. Type eights are really direct because they're wanting you to come right back with that straight directness for them. Something right. that you always say to, to Shy and to me was if you, if you can't fight with me, you won't fight for me. Exactly. <laughs> so. exactly. Yeah, that was a huge part of my marriage early on because in all of my past relationships, I, not that I enjoyed to fight, but I believe that some things are worth fighting for. Yeah. And I realized in my marriage now that it's not that I'm trying to fight with you. I just want to know I'm worth fighting for. Again, seeing past yeah. that big bravado of the eight and seeing that <laughs> deep down they're kind of soft and they just want to be loved and not betrayed. Right, for sure. Oh yeah, I've seen the most intimate moments of you, bro, to, to know that type eights have a really, really, really nice and soft-sided side of them. So Yeah, you calling me a teddy bear on air? You are a teddy bear on air. It rhymes. <laughs> All right, moving on to my second favorite type. Shout out to my wifey, type nine. <laughs> it should be your first favorite type, first of all. Oh, oh. Well, I won't, ooh, ooh. Now the listeners know that I'm imperfect. Yeah, we can't edit that out. You said it. You said it. Shy, you heard it. Get him when I'm he comes a, home. I'm going to let it fly. I want these people to get the most genuine version of us, so I'll leave exactly. it Exactly, yeah. Don't, don't, let, don't take that out. All right, type nines. This so is a great the, one. I love finishing with them. Man, the type nine is, uh, it's interesting to, to get them pegged. I, I think them, the type six and the type three are kind of tough too. 
not tough to identify, but they're a, it just depends type. I will say this about the type nine, they will be more quiet. Um, they'll be more okay. reserved in their approach. They'll be more passive in their approach, but they're also still a very fun loving and energetic type. They're, they're going to be like a type seven, but more reserved. They'll still be energetic and fun, but they're they're again, they're going to, they're going to more so trust your opinion. You know, I should have said this about type sixes when they realize that you are there to support them. They're really going to trust you. As you mentioned, Lamar, when they're in, they're all in, um, but yeah. the type nine as well, they're going to be more reserved in their approach. Uh, they mm-hmm. won't be as outgoing, but their fear is, conflict. So ensuring that if you do, if you are working with the type nine, if you identify them um, as having some type nine tendencies, possibly being a type nine, then Mm -hmm. ensuring that, you know, if conflict arises, um, again, you're going to do your best to mitigate for that. Uh, But when it arises, you as a professional, you're going to do your best to handle it. So that way they don't have to as much because the type nine's core fear is being uh, in conflict and their core desire is having inner stability and peace of mind. So they want to have stability when they're working with you, inner stability and peace of mind that you're going to uh, provide for them. You're going to uh, take care, take care of them. But also the type nine can be somewhat of a flight risk. So make sure that in your Mm. approach, you're making, what do you mean by elaborate flight risk? What do you mean by that? Well, they may be somewhat of a flight risk. And so in their, your approach, make sure that you make them feel secure because they won't want to tell you, Hey, this isn't working. Uh, I, I don't Got feel you. like I can work with you anymore because that's conflict and yeah. they may touch on it. You might see some of those uh, things come up when you're working with the type nine that, yeah. oh, well, maybe at this time it might not be the best idea. Lean yeah. into that a little bit. I think that goes for all types. Again, lean into that and understanding, yeah. hey, well, what makes you say that? Let's get it. Why? Ask the five whys again, mm-hmm. to understand mm-hmm. what's going on underneath the surface. But yep. ultimately, the type nine, uh, they value connection. They want to yeah. connect with others and bring connection into the world. So help to foster mm-hmm. that. But um, again, the type nine can be a tricky one because it's a, it just depends type. It just depends on what I need to be. But I think some yeah. key indicators is being a little bit more passive in the approach. They'll really lean right. on you and your expertise because they don't want to make the decision. Hey, I want a home. Show yep. me some homes. I, I want to work with my finances. Here's what I got. Show me what I need to do, right? They're really yep. going to rely on you uh, yep. and, and really trust you as a professional. Yeah. One thing you also told me before was that for type nines, it's really because they're so afraid of conflict. Sometimes as a financial advisor, I need to know if they disagree with something. I need to know right. if, if that didn't sound right to them. And I'm sure a lots of other career paths feel that same way. And so sometimes it's, it, they, they're not always the quickest to say that something didn't land on their ears correctly. I think I remember you saying right. something along the lines of giving them permission to disagree with you is a, is a good way to to let that type nine express when there's something like wrong. Uh, exactly. Giving them that opportunity and giving them that permission to say, Hey, it's okay. If there's something here that you don't necessarily agree with, or that, that doesn't suit you, let me know. I yeah. understand that. And I want to serve you. So that way right. they don't feel like there's a whole lot of conflict in addressing right. that. They know that Lamar already gave me permission to voice my concerns. And again, yep. that's going to go a long way for creating that connection. Yep. To me, I feel like the type nines are the type to like, they're going to be the easiest clients to bring on, uh, but at sometimes they could be the ones that just like out of nowhere they just disappeared, and you're wondering where'd you go, what happened, and like why right. haven't I heard from you? Yep, one hundred percent. 
Well, guys, we just covered all nine types, uh, type six through type nine in this, in this second episode. But when you're identifying the people that you're working with, as we said in the beginning, and I think it's important to reinforce this point, yeah. don't try to slap a label or a type on them. I know yep. how tempting it is. Trust me. We're mm-hmm. looking for tendencies that may point to a type because we really yeah. don't know. Um, we a don't. lot of types can take on different tendencies and we don't know their core motivations. The whole point of these two episodes was to equip you in creating connection with people yeah. because right. understanding turns into connection and connection turns into clients. So right. understand that this is about best leading them and serving them, not, mm-hmm. man, not manipulating them, not using them, right? Not taking this knowledge that we've just equipped you with over the last two episodes and using it for evil, using it for good to best serve yeah. people. And the consequence of serving people is your business will grow, your impact will grow, and your financial situation will be much better off. Yep. I love it, Keanu. Man, thanks for taking the time to dive through all this, man. It, it's so good to be able to pick your brain on this stuff. I can't, uh, I can't wait till the next topic in which we can dive in deeper on, on more of, of, of Enneagram and all the different aspects of our life. Uh, this has been a great series. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys. Um, so how can they give us some feedback, Keanu? First thing, leave us a review and a rating on uh, podcast. Let us know uh, how the episode impacted you, some things that came to mind, but also let us know some things that would be helpful for you. Listen, Lamar and I can talk all day long and we (laughs) want to put this content out there to serve you. So leave us a review there, but you can also engage on social media. Um, If you have a question or you have some thoughts on some things that you'd like to hear feedback on or coaching on from the podcast, I would say email me info at truestrategy.info. That's also where you can uh, take a free assessment to help identify your Enneagram type if you don't already know. And then again, connect with me on LinkedIn, follow me on Instagram, uh, add me on Facebook, or follow me on TikTok, and we will engage on all of those platforms. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. We so appreciate you, and we hope that this is adding value to you and your business. This has been More Than Numbers. Enneagram for entrepreneurs. You guys have a good one. We'll see you soon. See ya.